Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Thank you guys for joining us as you do each and every week. We are, of course, live on our social media channels, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, if you are with us on one of these channels, be sure to hop on over into the comments and uh, throw your questions and comments over in the chat. We will get to those throughout the show as we do every week. Joining me tonight, right now, it's only the one and only Earl Nieto. Jacob may be joining us here in a little while depending on how late we run on the show this evening. Uh, Jacob had to make a run over to Roswell tonight, apparently. So he is not back yet. So for now, you get my Earl and myself. And uh, Earl, you said that you have some you had some shoulder issues today, had a little bit of pain. How are you feeling? How's your shoulder doing? Oh, it hurts. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, my pain's about a 15. Oh, that yeah, doesn't it's just sound constantly good. there. Um, so like I told you guys in the chat, if I have to hop out is because of the pain, I'm going to try to push through it. I, I did this to myself and that's what I have to face. I did this to myself, especially today. Um, I had to do some yard work and I decided, eh, I should be fine when I carried a bucket of gravel, um, to the backyard. That's, that's why I figured that my life sucks. Um, you do know you have two arms, right? You didn't have to use the bad one to do that. No, so the bucket that we used was like a pan. Mm-hmm. Um, we used it for an old dog bowl, and it was the one thing in the front yard that didn't have water for the dogs. So I grabbed that real quick, thinking, nah, it'd be real quick. It won't be that heavy. Um, I lied to myself, that's for sure, um, because it, it it hurt for sure. And I felt it like almost instantly, mm-hmm. but I had already committed to carrying the bucket, so like I'm just going to carry it. Um, but yeah, so the shoulder is obviously still there. Um, I go next week for my follow-up and then that same day I go for a second opinion over at one of the United sponsors. Oh, all right. Well, I I think it might be, uh, I think it might be fair to say that any potential Earl Nieto playing goalkeeper at any point in the future is probably shot because of this, because of this injury challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. All right, we'll see if we can't get you try out with the runners here in a couple of months, uh, depending on your. So um, so before you carry on, I do have a fun fact. I know everyone here knows I'm all about fun facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun fact about me. Um, I love watching shows about water. Okay. Any type of water. I mean, lakes, rivers, puddles, ponds, anything like that. In fact, right before we hopped on here, I was actually watching a live stream. Of? <laughs> Is there something appropriate to say on air? or It was a live stream. Oh, okay. But why? Because it's a water. A stream is water. Uh-huh. I love watching water. In fact, I was watching a live stream. Just of a stream. Just carry on. Okay, I, I will admit there is this TikTok creator that I have been watching recently. They go around and they they kind of clean up, not necessarily spillways, but like unnatural dams, like mm-hmm. from people throwing trash and, and overgrowth and stuff like down into these these little streams and rivers and things. And they go and they start cleaning it out to help uh, 
help make the, the ecosystem a little bit, a little bit healthier, keep the water moving and things like that. So do you watch that kind of stuff too? Or is it just like the, I watch Earth everything. Stuff? Okay. I watch everything. Um, on another note, there was a baby born in England with no eyelids. That's, uh, that's unsettling. Yeah. So he, uh, so the baby had surgery. Um, surgery went good, but they had to use the baby's foreskin. Kind of like a skin graft. So like I said, the surgery went good. Um, but the doctor said he might be a little cockeyed. <laughs> oh God. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Oh Oh, and the two viewers we had have left the chat. Thank you, Earl. Um, <laughs> Actually, who do we have in the chat? We had... I don't know who was Yeah, there. we officially lost people. We officially lost two. Yeah, we lost the, we lost the people over there. Um, but anyway, we, we do have a show to get to this evening. And so, some... I was going to say some good, some bad, but there really wasn't any good. Um, so, I mean... What, <sighs> I don't even know. I just don't even know where to start. Like we we've talked about it a little bit. Did you get to go back and watch the match? Um, yes. I know you had. Okay. I know and you had watched it as of late Sunday night. So. Well, no, I watched the match. I was just preoccupied doing other things, like ironing my clothes for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a hundred percent certain and determined to say that that first goal was it the first goal? Yeah, the first goal from United was a keeper deflection. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. It could be my, could be my tired eyes, but regardless of the fact, I still think it was a deflection off the keeper and that's what gave uh, Romario the open shot. But. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll just go ahead and bury the lead. I mean, the Mexico United, of course, played Sunday night against uh, Los Dos and walked away with a two, two draw after leading two nil at the break. Um, yeah, we we were discussing things in our chat, and I, I just, what is it with this team? What is it like? In a lot of these instances, we've seen where we outplay our opponents for significant portions of the match, and then something happens, and we give up a late goal, or you know, just some kind of fluky thing happens. But here again, this is another instance where United plays really well for more than half the match, but we just seem to fall apart for 10, 15 minutes at a time, every single match. And like, I'm just, I, I, and I'm tired. Like, it's not that I've excused things in the past, but this is a match that we really should have had in hand, well in hand. Um, And I just, I, I don't know where to go from here. And, you know, we've talked about some of the issues that we've had, and I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I thought we looked okay the first half where Mario obviously opens the count with the club pass from B's. Um, some not, some not great camera angles on that. Um, where Mario opened, opened his account, picked up a second one later in the half, uh, off an own goal from some pressure from Christian Nava. Great to see Christian Nava back. So this is a positive this is the positive for, for Sunday night. Christian Nava, of course, returned to the 18 after a mysterious absence, which we've been told is not in soccer related. 
Um, and it seemed to take him a little while to get involved and really have an impact on the match. But ultimately, he did force an own goal out of Los Dos. And, um, looking at Nava and his return, Earl, what did you take away from seeing Nava back on the pitch? It was a it was a good spurt of energy that we seem to have been lacking. And what's going on, Harry? Um, so yeah, it was a good spurt of energy that we seem to have been lacking. Um, did he show a lot of match rust? Absolutely. I mean, he's been gone for about a month and a half. In that month and a half, we played about 17 billion games. Um, so yeah, so in that time, we've played about 17 million games. So yeah, he definitely had rust. I mean, but for him coming in for the amount of time that he did, he actually did decent. He did really good. He was still on the ball, still attacking. Um, he did get beat a couple times, but overall, I think he's he was still really decent. Yeah, Nava looked pretty good. And that was a comment that I had made um, both on Twitter. I think I made it in our group chat as well, uh, was that he looked rusty. You know, you could tell that he hadn't played in a while. And it certainly seems like it was because obviously he hadn't played in a competitive match in well over a month. And so, yeah, you could see him play into the match. And then right there, when right before his goal, you could see him, you know, making some moves have a little bit a little bit of the, uh, showing a little bit of that technical ability that we know that he has to break some ankles get in the opera, get to a dangerous position um and at, when i when he first got that second that second attempt he made at first i thought it went i went through and hit the fit the far post and bounced back out um just because of the sound that it made you know but when you watch it, um, watch it slow enough, you can see that it clearly goes off the off the Los Dos defender and into the goal, and and so a little bit of fortune there for New Mexico United, and yeah, I mean as a whole, we looked pretty good in the first half. Um, we saw some pretty good movement. We saw Romario doing some good things. We saw Nico doing some good things, um, and and that was after seeing a team sheet that I kind of questioned, going, okay, what are we doing? Because I mean, we know the infographic, we know the graphic on on the Twitter, uh, on the picture that the club puts out isn't always accurate as to what the team's actually going to line up like. But yeah, it seemed really interesting again with with that lineup that we had, and you know, you look at it, and it was basically a three four three, but it does it did actually have you know, we did have four guys listed as playing uh, in defense, but. I just I look at this and it's particularly the second half. And again, we just we made mistakes at the back yet again. Um on one of those Los Dos goals, you can see, I believe it was the let me double check. I'm pretty sure it was the second one where you see Kalen slide over to pick up the run to the right side of goal. It might have been the first let me double check, it might have been the first one. Yeah, it was the first one. You see Kalen slide way over outside of the outside of the goal, leaving Will and uh, Harry to defend the center of the box. Now this, you know, it, it's partially on on, on Kalen. Kalen probably should have sat back a little bit, not not straight out so wide. You probably should have had, you know, um, Josh Suggs drop back. I mean, there's any number of things that should have happened on this play, but. I mean, what is it? What is going on, particularly with Kalen Ryden at the back? And we just 
it's just a lack of, I don't know, a lack of awareness at this point. And what I, so what I think is, I don't think it's a lack of awareness. I think it's a lack of consistency. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at it, he's had a different line. And I say he because he's pretty much the stalwart of that back line. If we're going to have someone in the back line, it's going to be Kalen. Um, but he has someone different just about every week. I mean, yeah, Will's done it before, but he's not a lineman. He's not a back linesman. He's a central um, defending midfielder. If oh, you look yeah, at that's... all his profiles, defending midfielder. Yeah. He's essentially what... Sam Hamilton should be, but he's not. They have him playing on the back line where he gets beat. They have him playing on the on the back line where he doesn't have the pace to keep up with the attack that's coming towards him. And then, for lack of better words, he panics. And then doesn't know what to do. But when he's playing the midfield like he, like he knows how to, we're solid. So if we were to have a solid back line... Even if you go with the same formation that Twitter showed where he had 2 7 1 or whatever the hell it was. Uh, you think I'm kidding too. That's no, it, 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 looked like, it looked like a 2 5 1 2 if you look at that. Yeah, it was something right. dumb. It was something like I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, and actually, I said that with more colorful words. Um, even with that, ba- with that formation that Twitter put out. Um, Where's Ratty? Right. Why don't we ever see Ratty? If we're short on the back line, why are you going to take someone out of their playing position where he specializes in defensive mid and put him on the back line when you have Ratty, you have Josh, you have just about anybody else, but we keep seeing someone being pulled out of position. And I hate to make this, and I'm probably going to lose... Probably going to get a bunch of heat for this one. Probably get a bunch of flack and shit from it. But it's okay because that's my job. Essentially, what we're doing is what Rick Shantz is doing with Phoenix. Where he's pulling Santi off of the attacking field, off the attacking side, and putting him on the back line. We're taking someone out of their special position, their specialty position that they're specialized in, and putting them in a position that they are somewhat familiar with because they did good in training two days and two days out of the week. Yeah. I mean, Will and Sam are clearly, you know, they are midfielders by trade, but if you, when you look at the early season, particularly this year, I mean, Sam is a guy who before he got hurt last year, basically transitioned to the back to the defensive back, uh, to a center back role. If you look at how he and Will played early this year with all the injuries we had, they filled in at the back and did really well. And the line looked really good with Will and Sam and Austin or Rosh, whoever that third person was playing that three-back three, at three back situation. But they had but, the third back. That's the thing. Right. The way we're and, playing on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon was we had Kalen and we had Will. Mm-hmm. That's who we had was our back line was two. And then you had the two fullbacks who just – And then you had the two fullbacks to bolt up. That's yeah. not going to work when you have an attacking team like Los Angeles who, yeah, they're – 31, I think they are in point standings. They're sitting in eighth or something like that. But if you give a team an opportunity to send three on your two, you're going to get beat every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, a, and honestly, yeah, it, it, 
the use of the fullbacks has not been working out well. We're not getting back in defense enough. We're making, or we've seen some miscommunication issues over the past couple of weeks. We've, we've seen a number of different things pop up. And for me, it goes back to when Kalen initially came back from injury. Now, and again, I don't think Kalen should be cut. I don't think he should be relegated to a bench guy, but he's not, for me, he's not the the guy anymore. Will showed early this season that that could, that could be Will's line. Will could be the guy in charge of that defensive unit, and like I said, they did really well. And but yeah, you look at the formations, you look at the the choices, you look at the decisions that have been made on the pitch by the players, and just the awareness, the decision making, the the recovery, it, the rotations. It's not there. It's not there, and. It, and, and, it, and it, what happens is that results in 10, 15 minute stretches where we look really, really bad at the back. We, and what we talked about the last, like, I think three weeks in a row, like trying to figure out what is going on at the back. And, you know, we've, we've seen the mistakes from Kalen. We've seen the mistakes from Sam. We've seen the, the, the giveaways in the defensive third. And it's just ridiculous at, at this point, midfield issues aside, we have now given up. Let me let me make sure I've got this right here. Two, three, four. I'm sorry. Two, three, five, eight, ten goals in the past ten matches. Ten goals in the past. I'm sorry. In the past five matches. Like we've given up a third of our season's total in of goals over the last five matches, basically. And there's no excuse for that. And I want to ask you how many about, how many goals do we have or how many goals scored on us have we allowed? Um pulling that up right now. I thought we had like uh, twenty one or twenty two. Twenty six now. Twenty six. We've given up ten of those in the past five matches. Like I and like I know you like to I know you like to say, you know, Alex is making bad decisions and you, you've called him, called, try to call him out and things like that. And on Sunday, Alex wasn't even in there. We saw Ford Parker get the start for some reason. Alex wasn't hurt. Alex is on the team sheet. Uh, and we talked about this either last week or in our group chat saying, you know, I mean, really, where does the keeper need rest? You know, so what's the, what's the point? You know, why put Ford there in, in this match? You know, I would have asked him so against the Red Bulls, but. I have an idea why Ford came in. Do I think he should have came in for the Red Bulls? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was a lower-level team, very lower-level team. Um, That would have got Ford what he needed. Um, I think that he came in on this match because of confidence. In order to keep his confidence high in case Alex were to pick up something. I mean, there have been a couple times that Alex does come up a little slow, come up a little gimped. Um a little sluggish. So this way, if that were to happen, Parker still has his confidence in what's going on. Um, was I upset that Parker got the start? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The guy's seen a whole four matches, I believe in 25 games now that we've played. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So was I okay with him getting the start over Alex? Absolutely. Do I still think, as much heat as I've given Alex, as much shit that I've talked about him, do I still think he's our keeper? Absolutely. Do I still think he's top five? 
Absolutely. Does he come up in some clutch saves and clutch moments? Yes, he does. He showed it a couple weeks back when we saved that penalty, I think, against Orange County. Mm -hmm. I believe it was. Um, So, yeah, so Alex still has the ability to lead that, to stand in the sticks and take care of, take care of business there. Um, do I think he makes some mistakes and makes some stupid decisions, like decides to scissor kick the ball when he could have just stayed in, in his post? Yeah. But he he's still our keeper, that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't I don't necessarily have an issue with Ford starting. I mean, Ford has obviously shown that he is a capable uh netminder. He's he's done well in the three previous appearances for us this season. But I just felt it was an interesting – I felt the time he was interesting. I felt like, again, it probably should have been the Red Bulls match. Give him that one instead of a match against a, a team like LA Galaxy, who is clearly fighting for their playoff lives. Um, and for – I have to say, I mean, I felt like Ford did well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first goal, obviously the header into the t- upper upper 90. Uh, not a lot that Ford could do about that one, particularly given the, the angle that the ball was sent in from – and you know where uh where that ball ended up going and then for the second one again there really wasn't a whole lot that ford could do on that one either um which is it's just unfortunate you know i mean ford had ford had a good game came up came up big in the closing minutes as well um to 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 keep the match at um at two, two, you know, um, cause yeah, you look at the second goal and Perez, you know, drives in on goal, beats Sam. And then Kalen kind of sort of does a half step up. Doesn't really close him down. Doesn't do anything. Gives, gives him a free shot basically. Um, and I mean, maybe Ford could have played that one slightly better, but I get that's on, that's on Sam and Kalen. You know, they, they both got beat. And but Kalen that goes looked, back that goes back to what I just what I said earlier. Yeah. Playing players out of their position. Why you have Sam in an attacking midfield role, I don't know. One, Sam doesn't have the pace to be in an attacking midfield role. No. He's a defensive midfielder by trait. At the end of the day, if you look at it, he's defensive mid. And that's what he's built to do is defensive mid and back line. Um so that putting them in there and it's been a couple weeks that he's been up there and that's kind of where our issues start is right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just switch that out, even if you move Nava into that position and put Brucey on the end or bring in uh, Alexi and put him on the end and push someone on the inside, there's your problem solved, but you're having a defensive midfielder who doesn't have pace to try to outpace some of the quickest guys in the USL. Yeah, the, the midfield has been an absolute issue for us all season. And uh, we do have some roster news that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's so frustrating to watch. It's so frustrating to cover. And then you know, the guys over on the subreddit and on social media, they get aggravated. I know some folks are, are ca- calling for Zach to be fired already. Now – we're still in fourth place. Have we had ideal results? No. Is firing Zach the right way to go? I don't think so. But 
something has to be done. Something has to change. I mean, Zach, he's shown the he's shown that he can put out different formations, is willing to put out different formations, but he's just he seems so set on using the fullbacks and pushing them super high up the pitch. And and typically that's not an issue because you have someone else who's going to drop back as a third year. You have a guy, you have guys that are going to be able to recover. You have that defensive mid, the center defensive mid that's going to drop back and help pick up in the defensive third. But we're getting beat because guys are getting pushed up way too high. We've seen it even with Rosh, even in the three backs that we've seen Rosh push up super high and get caught out of position. And so I look at this and I think, is it fair to call for Zach to be fired? No, I don't think so. Do I think that we should have better results? Abs-fucking-lutely. And here's my thing. Do I think that Zach should get canned? No. It's year one for him. Mm -hmm. He's been an assistant coach for the first three years. This is year one for him. He is a rookie head coach. Cut him some fucking slack. He's going to make a rookie mistake here and there. He shows it that he isn't perfect. He shows that he's still learning. And that's where I see it. As long as he's showing that he's still learning and making those changes, he's a rookie. Give him a fucking chance. This isn't the Premier League. We're not Everton. We didn't go through three managers in a season. Um, Exactly. So... I, I agree. There is a learning curve and obviously he's very clearly running Troy like 1.5, you know? Um, and, and again, we've seen people say, Oh, maybe he's lost the locker room. No, that's not the issue. We've, you know, we've talked to people that says that is not the issue. He hasn't lost the locker room. There's no disconnect between the coaching and the, and the players. There's no lack of hype. There's no, it's not like that. It's just the system that we're running. We are not, effectively implementing it or making mistakes or making a lot of its mental mistakes. And like I said, getting caught too high up or not making particularly with, with the defensive play, the plays in the defensive third. And that's where a lot of it is. Um, and it's just, it's just disappointing to see it week after week. And then, you know, we go to the press conferences and we try to ask Zach about, try to ask Zach about things like that, but he doesn't ever, you know, he won't give you, this is what a lot of people say. A lot of people will say that he gives disingenuous answers, you know, from the ones that I posted online Um, or that he's not willing to answer the hard questions or people have even accused the media as throwing softballs to Zach. And I tried to explain it to some people. We have to try to ask questions in a, in a way that we're to try to pull answers out of them. And he's from, he's very much from the Troy school of thought like he's not going to give something up that he doesn't have to i mean we're better off asking pete questions you know and, and pete will give us answers to stuff that you know we may not necessarily see i mean there was even a question on the ama about how the club is performing this year um and pete said you know, yeah we'd like to see better results but you know the, the club we're still in we're, again we're still in third fourth position whatever we were at the time we're fourth fourth place right now so we've we've been good enough to stay in the playoff hunt, but are we good enough to finish it out, particularly against the schedule where we have seven of our final 10 matches against clubs that are currently in playoff positions. See, here's my thing. Here's my take on it. And this is probably the unpopular opinion to the diehard fan base. 
Um, but oh well, I guess. I personally, and this is my personal opinion, not the views of Somos Mas for any of those watching. This is my personal opinion. But my personal opinion is I don't want to host a, a playoff match. I don't. We are 7, 3, and 4 now on the road. Sounds right. Double checking that. Yeah, seven, seven, two, and four. Seven, two, and four. I was very close. Um, so we're seven, two, and four on the road, which means we've only lost twice on the road. We're like three, three, and or three, four, and nine hundred at home. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather play a game where we're comfortable playing on the road. As opposed to being at home and jeopardizing the place where we seem to be cursed. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I yeah, I I just don't know at this point. Like I'm of the opinion that hey, let's just, you know, petition the league to play the rest of our season on the road, you know? Um, just because we seem to do so much better on the road than we do at home for whatever reason. Um yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, but speaking of away and different stadiums, um, can we give a shout-out to Loose City? I mean, if you, yeah, let's go ahead. And they're 14,671? Yeah, it's impressive. It was a nice draw for them over the weekend. First ever home sellout in the new stadium. Um, so, yeah, so kudos to Loose City for drawing 14,000 people out. Um, on a Friday or Saturday night, I don't know what their result was. I don't know if they won or lost, but regardless, sure of that, they won. I'm pretty sure they did too because they don't seem to lose, and Phoenix can't seem to win. Um, but yeah, so kudos to Lou City, and now back to your regularly published broadcast. Oh, I mean, we can't really seem to win either, so you know, <laughs> well, we can win, just not at home. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sunday was difficult. I've watched that match three times now. And I just keep going back, trying to figure out. You know, I, I watch the rotations. I watch what we're trying to do. And something's got to change. And it's got to change in a hurry. And unfortunately, United did make a change uh, yesterday with the announcement that Carl Sainty, midfielder, is going on loan to FC Dallas affiliate North Texas SC for the remainder of the season. North Texas SC is, of course, a MLS next pro slide. Um, Sainty came in in the offseason. He was a guy that Jacob and I saw real early on. We were both real big on We saw the work ethic. We saw his ability on and off the ball. Um, but he just wasn't getting time. He wasn't getting minutes. And so... You know, I just I hate to I hate to see him go, you know, because he's a guy that I was really high on. Jacob was really high on, and I just you know, it, it doesn't make it. I'm just, I mean, it's good for him because he's going to go to to an opportunity where he's more than likely going to get a chance to play. Now the loan is, of course, with option to buy for FC Dallas. Um, 
But the the bigger issue I have is that we've now signed two forwards in the past several weeks and let go of a midfielder when our issue is the midfield, if you ask me. Um, we need someone that can be in there, be a creator, be an engine. And I felt like that's a role that Sainty could have done. He could have filled. But, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't yeah, – that's nothing against Kevon. And I want to ask you this too. Were you surprised that Kev didn't make the trip to L.A.? No. No? Okay. Not at all. Um, Kev has been with the team for a little over a week now. He never left. He's been officially on the roster again for a little over a week. Okay. Do I expect him to play in a match or even be on the bench in a match after being on the team for a week? No. He's barely in preseason right now. Mm-hmm. To use Zach's words, he's in preseason. So he starts to build a chemistry with all the new guys, with Nico, with Romario, with Mondo, with Nava, all these new guys that we brought in since he's departed or since he was not on contract with us because he never left, supposedly. Um <laughs> So yes, now he has to build chemistry with all these new guys that we've brought in, and these new pieces to the to the jigsaw puzzle. Um, so no, I was not surprised to not see him, um, because I mean, that would be like you starting a new job, and a week after you start, you're doing all the duties on your own. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, so no, I wasn't surprised. Um, but on the Sainty news, I also wasn't surprised about that, to be honest. Because I'm assuming, and this is just assuming, um, this is no inside knowledge, no inside source that I have, or anything like that. But my assumption is that Sergio will be coming back sometime soon. Um, he's been gone for about two months now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my assumption is he's on the way back. And then with Nava coming back, that's two people taking Sainty's spot. So there essentially wasn't any room for him. Is where it's at. I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't proved himself enough to take over Sergio's spot. He obviously didn't prove himself to take over Nava's spot after he was gone for a month and a half. Um, so do I think Sainty's a good player? Absolutely. Do I think he has a future? Yes. Um, it just wasn't working out here because we have so much talent that how do you put in an 18 year old to take over a position over someone who's proven himself to be somewhat reliable? Well, you've got Mike Azira, who is arguably one of the most veteran guys on the squad, who isn't getting very many many minutes either. You got Sam Hamilton, who is making mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, you see, you know, Bees, who has struggled at times. You see Sergio, who's been out. Moreno's been out. Uh, Nava's been missing. So, and then, and then of course Justin went down last week. So, why hasn't there been an opportunity to get him in there? For a guy that you say there's no way to get him, how do you get him in? There's been plenty of opportunity like with, with the struggles that we've had in the midfield. Why not put him in there? Give him the opportunity 
over some of these guys. And I, I know Zach has said that he doesn't make emotional decisions, and that's fine and good. But when you look at the performances objectively and guys are not creating, guys are not securing that midfield like they should, why not give Sainty a, a shot? That's where I'm at with that. Right. And I'm I'm on the same boat as you. Like, why not would you why would you not give him a shot when there was ample ample opportunity to do so? We're not there on the training pitch though. We don't know right. on the training grounds. We don't know what's going on over at Mesa del Sol to on the activities that are happening. Maybe he I don't know. I I I couldn't even speculate. But regardless of that. Saint T is gone, unfortunately, because I kind of did like him. Um, I do wish him the best at MLS next. Um, MLS next pro in front of thirty fans. I mean, that's by more the way, than LA had. Yeah, Dignity Health Park. By the way, LA, LA Galaxy, the Stadium Steelers. Once again, closed to the public, had zero fans in attendance on Sunday. Like, this is just ridiculous. It, it's such a terrible look. And then for them to try to steal the stadium. But, like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just severely disappointed in how things have gone. We're now four matches winless. Um, like, it's just, I'm sorry, three, ma- really, three, three matches. We played good the first half. Mm-hmm. We played really good the first half. I mean, when, when we went into halftime at 2-0, I was thinking, shit, this might be a four-banger. Yeah. I was thinking that. And then we came out second half, and I don't know what light got turned off or which who got a blowout somewheres, but we definitely shit the bed second half. Yeah, we most certainly did. Um so while we were talking, I was going through, I was looking at the results. <laughs> All right. What do you want to hear our record against playoff against teams that are currently in the playoff positions or against the record against teams that are not currently in the playoff position? Can I take a guess on each one? Sure. Take a guess. So against playoff teams, I would have to say. I couldn't fucking make a guess. Against teams that are currently in playoff positions, we are two wins, three losses, and six draws. Against clubs not currently in playoff positions, eight wins, two losses, three draws. We're beating the teams we're supposed to beat. We just cannot make any sort of headway against the good teams in the league. And I think that's where Kavan's going to come in. Um, we know that Kavan has a knack and tendency to score goals. Mm-hmm. He's the third all-time leading goal scorer in, for United. There's a reason for that. Um, so, yeah, I think that Kavan will make a difference. Who he replaces, I don't know because... You can't take Nico off. I mean, he's your minus Justin. He's your club leading goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to say Romario? Four matches in, do I want to say Romario? 
four matches, one goal. Somewhat lackluster second half. Rumor has it his tent is still camped out over at Dignity Health Park. Um, I think he replaces Romario, to be honest. All right, so one Romario in four Good. appearances, Romario has 187 minutes. Okay, so he's averaging, you know, just over 60 minutes in the in that time. Now. The first two appearances were towards the end of the match, so those weren't full full appearances. Um, and so, and he did get subbed off in both the other two as well. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Man. So, if you're this perennial goal, goal scorer named Romario Williams, and you get subbed off, you get subbed on the first two matches and subbed off the second two. Mm-hmm. That's not really a good look. I mean, yeah, I get the first two because he was still trying to acclimate to the team, acclimate to that the altitude, all that stuff that goes into professional soccer. Obviously, I'm not a professional f- professional sports athlete at all. What? Um, unless beer chugging and, and and video games are are a professional sport, which yes, I know esports is professional. Um, I know there's beer chugging, but I'm not associated with any of those. Um, so unless beer chugging and and playing FIFA on PlayStation is is a sport, then no, I'm not an athlete. Um, so Romario getting subbed off the first two full matches that he's played, um, that he was actually fit for it, ready to go, match fit, 90 fit, whatever they call it. Um, for him to get subbed off, both of those is not a good look because one, you either get subbed off because you're tired or two, you get subbed off because you're not performing. I would hope it's because he gets tired and I'm hoping it's not because he's not performing. We've obviously seen four matches, one goal. There's kind of a lack of performance there. Well, to be fair, I don't necessarily think Romario's a 90 minute guy. I don't think he is. I think like dev over uh, in 2021, you know, Dev was a guy that you want to you want to see come on for you know sixty minutes. Okay, maybe. So you, you say know. that that he's not a ninety minute guy, which is fine. I get that. Understandably, he's older. He's up there in age. He's he's almost Dev's age. He's four um, years younger than Dev. Okay. <laughs> My point. He's almost Dev's age. Um, I'm ten years older than Romario. Well, yeah, because you're old as fuck. (laughs) That's Um, true. So you say he's not a 90-minute guy, which is fine. But is he a more than one goal guy? I think he is, but a lot of that's going to depend on the service that he's getting. I mean, if you look at the chance that he had on Sunday, I mean, he was in a great position to get the ball from Bees, but the delivery, the creativity from the midfield hasn't been there all year. The most of our goals, you know, we've seen six, I think it's five or six set uh, penalty goals from Justin Portillo this year. I want to say it's five uh, penalty goals from Justin Portillo. We've seen one set piece goal from Bees. We've seen, uh, so that, you know, that's six of our however many goals he scored. Very, we've had very few goals created from open play. 
in the grand scheme of things. We don't see the service into the box. We don't see the the runs, you know, drawing defenders out. We continue to try to play very narrow, which doesn't seem to work for us because we don't have the creativity through the middle. So we get forced into trying to play out wide, but because teams know we can't go through the middle, they can sit guys back and just sit there narrow at the back and prevent us from getting good opportunities created inside the box, which is where guys like Romario, that's where they really shine. When you when you have creativity, we have we have guys like Sergio and Amando and and B's pulling defenders out and creating havoc, giving Romario and Kev and Dev and those guys space in the box. That's where he excels, and we're not giving him that. I think so, he is. So when Sergio is healthy and fully healthy. Do you think we see a 4-3-3? I think it's more of like a 4-1-3-2. No. um, Yeah. I think it's something more along those lines. Because you because if it was if it's me, I want someone like Nico or, or Kev as my nine. And then I want Romario as my 10. Because Romario, he's he's a big guy. He's gonna get he's gonna he's got the hold up play. He's got the ability to shoot, particularly from inside the box. That doesn't mean he can't score from outside. But you know, I want to see him be in be in an opportunity where he can you know get the ball, turn and shoot, or hold the ball up just long enough to create a run or, or you know draw the attention for someone like Kev or or Nico to make a run in behind. And that, like I said, that's where Romario shines. Romario is Dev younger with a higher ceiling. And I think if we can figure out the creativity, if we can figure out the chance creation, we're going to see, you could see Romario. I mean, obviously 10 matches to go. He's not more likely not going to hit double digit goals, but you could, I think we could see him probably hit, you know, get to five here in the last 10 matches, you know, Um, which would be huge because then that opens up more opportunities for, for guys like Nico, uh, and Kev and Jerome to get in space and even opens up, you know, space outside the box for, for bees or a Mondo, you know? So I, I think there's, like I said, if we can figure out the cre- chance creation and, and the midfield issues, like it's going to be a lot better up top. That That's what I think is going to happen, but is it something that's going to change overnight? Is it something that's going to happen going into the, the midweek match tomorrow against Memphis 901? I don't know. I don't think so. Memphis is a very good club. Um, and that's the, obviously the first of two matches this week. Again, Memphis is sitting, I believe they're sitting second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, second Eastern Conference, 48 points. Uh, three wins, a draw, and a loss in their last five. And they are, they look really, really good this year. Um, I mean, obviously the matches this week are back at a lab. Earl, looking at Memphis, I mean, I just, I'd ask you what you think you needs what you need to have. I'd ask you what you think needs to happen tomorrow night, but I think I know where that would go. Um, no, so actually, it's not score. It's not okay because we've proven to ourselves that we can't score to lab. Um, so why would I waste my breath on even saying that? Because we already know it's not going to happen. Um, I think at the lab we've only put up more than one goal. Twice, three times, maybe. I'll double check that while you're talking. So, yeah, something around two or three for sure. 
Um, maybe it's a handful, definitely a handful, no more than five. Um, so with that, really what I think is create chances out of the midfield. Instead of having Nico or Romario or Dev or whoever's playing the front line, um, instead of having them fall back and having to play out of the midfield, why not pass out of the midfield? And when I say pass out of the midfield, I don't mean pass to the backfield. Because we showed on Sunday when we don't pass to the backfield, we don't encourage the opposing team to press us more. So we're yeah. constantly pushing it towards the attacking attacking side of the field. The team's not pressing us and we're more comfortable doing what we want to do with it. When we give them the opportunity to back pass and when we back pass, that gives them the opportunity to catch up to us, leading us to make a stupid turnover because they're constantly in our face. They score on us and then we're back in here twiddling our thumbs Bitching and moaning about how we're giving up these stupid penalties or these stupid passes. Well, yeah, if someone's in your face all the time, it's basketball one on one. Shot contesting. If someone's in your face nine times out of ten, you're more likely not going to make that shot unless your name is Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. But if either, if anyone on United was a Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, they wouldn't be playing USL. Yeah, we definitely have some guys, particularly Sam, who is very quick to turn and pass backwards. Um, and, and yes, there is a tactical need for that time to reset it, let guys try to make some additional moves, make some additional runs, create space going forward. But yeah, like we just we have to be, stop being so, so yeah, quick. And to you just back. you just said it. So there are some times that you use it for a tactic to reset yourself, get your players back in position and kind of stretch out the defense and your oppo- the opposing team. But when that is your bread and butter play, that's the problem. Teams mm-hmm. have now so teams have now saw, oh, they're just going to pass it back. Let's just pressure the hell out of them until they make a bad pass and then we'll just capitalize on it with our five people on the front line now. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It it really is. And it's tough to wanna it's tough to look at it and break it down and try to come up with something positive from all these things. And you know, Earl, you asked about the the goal scored at home. Uh we at home we have been held goalless three times. We have scored one goal six times. We have scored two goals twice and more than two goals once which of course was the, the UNM match against Phoenix rising. Um, so yeah, we typically don't score a lot of goals at home uh, for whatever reason this year, which we, we, we just haven't. Um, and we really haven't scored all that many on the road either, but um, we've done better on the road, I should say. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I just don't know. I, you know, we had a, I think it was an internal question about, is there, is the pressure of playing at the lab too much for these guys at this point? And I think it's fair to ask. I mean, we have, we have 10 matches remaining um, the magic number heading into the weekend against, um, against LA galaxy was 25 according to USL championship. Um, we picked up one of those points on Sunday. So the magic number now basically sits around 24 and it's still 
it's still been beneficial with the other results from around the Western Conference, but I mean, 10 matches, 24 points as the magic number. I mean, that's win, six wins, eight, I'm sorry, eight wins. You know, I, I don't see that. I certainly don't see eight wins out of these final 10 matches. Um, you know, so but looking at Wednesday in particular. Um, Hang on, time out. We have a troll in the chat. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? Glad Our to see you. Younger brother Jerry, things are not looking good, eh? Uh, Jerry, I'm pretty sure it's pot calling kettle black. I mean, I, unless I'm missing something about what's going on down south, I hear so. Um, how is it yeah. down south, by the way? Huh? And and I'm not talking about El Paso either. Is Seriously Loco just a podcast? That's all. That's my question for you, Jerry. Um, but yeah, Memphis 901, something's got to change. I I think, and I really, really hope we go to a legitimate back four on Wednesday night. And I hate to say that, you know, being at home, but I think we need it. I think we need a back four. Sit Kalen, put Will in there, put... Um, Put uh, put Alexi and Will back there as your center backs. Get Ratty in there as the left back. Um, find someone who's healthy to play right back, um, and then you know go with like a four one three two or uh, you know uh, or even a four four two for all I care on um, Wednesday night against Memphis. But we have to start picking up points from these matches or taking See, take, taking points off of these guys who are in the playoffs. I want to see that four three three. I do. Um, who you'd have on the back line? I don't fucking know. Um, definitely, you definitely have Kalen because that's like a guarantee. Um, I would wish we didn't see Will, but we probably would see Will on the back line. Um, so ideally, this is what I would go with. I would go with Suggs on your left back. I'd go Ratty on your left center back. I'd go Kalen, your cent- your primary center back. Um, and then shit, I don't know who else you'd throw on the far right. Brucey, maybe, but you you, you ha- you'd have to restrain yourself from playing him in that in that full in that as, a, as a wing back. Yeah. Um. So regardless of who you play on that right line. And then your mid four, I would have Harry. I would have uh, Bees, Nava, and Bruce. Mm-hmm. If Bruce isn't playing your wing back role, and then your three up top, it would be obvious that you. It's your first match with, first home match with Kavan. You start Kavan. Mm-hmm. So you have Kavan as your mid striker, you have Nico on the right, and you have uh, Mondo on the left. And that way you have some wing, you have some right wings and left wings to attack in the midfield, space everything out because now they have to focus on Mondo and Nico. That gives you ample opportunity to get Bees up, to get Nava up, to get Brucey up, to get some goals in. I mean, that's that's my take. That's, a, that's interesting. 
That's interesting. And, and I, and I like that. I like the shout, but if, I think if you're going to do that, you want to do more like a four, three, one, two, put a Mondo in that cam role and then have Nico and, and, and Kev up top. Um, Cause I think I think a Mondo in that cam creates a lot of interesting things. Now, neither Nico or, or Kev are great at holdup, but um, you've got a ton of pace. You've got guys all across the front that are going to have scoring opportunities. Um, that could be really interesting. Um, let's see. Jerry, 4-4 gets caught. I watched that match. That was entertaining. Like I, I couldn't believe that that match ended up 4-4. Um, I was actually at the movie theaters with my wife on a date night. There you go. Um, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, and looking at your... Looking at your back four, I mean, like I said, I put Rowdy on the left, uh, Will and Alexi in there, and then throw, like I said, Brucey out on the right maybe, or Harry out on the right. I mean, so going back to mine, that back line, yeah, you could put Rowdy on the left, Will and Kaylin on the middle, and then that gives you a chance to put Alexi on the far right. Yeah. I think having Ratty on the left gives you more overlap opportunities, uh, especially on that left side, because he can he can drive all the way down. We've seen it happen, and, and I think it's a really interesting prospect to have. You know, have see Ratty in that role and being able to, to cause some havoc down there. So, um, and that'll give you the opportunity to have. Uh, so we went Ratty, Will, Kaylin, Alexi on the back line. Back um, forward, yeah. Then. You could have Suggs as your your uh, your left in the midfield. You could have mm-hmm. Harry your mid left. Um, Bees and then Brucey or Nava, whoever you want to put right there. And then yeah, you could put uh, the three up top that I said: the Mondo on the left, um, Kavan in the middle, and then Nico on the right. Yeah, Jerry, it's we, we sound like a broken record. Wait, we really do. Um and it's just it's aggravating. It, it's really aggravating. Um so anyway, score predictions for tomorrow night out at the lab. So as much as I want to be a homer, I can't. Okay. Memphis is a really good team. They're obviously second in the East for a reason. They were first for about three and a half months, two and a half months or so. They were first for a while. Um, For a reason. Unfortunately, I predict a loss on United. Mm-hmm. And I will say 3-1. Okay, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, Memphis can absolutely score some goals. Uh, let me double check and see where they're at stat wise. Um, come on now. There we go. And no, Jerry, it's not too soon for the panic button. We're sitting in fourth place, we've all but secured a playoff spot. So, no, panic button is out the window at this point. Um, because we've all but secured that playoff spot. Yeah, I wouldn't say panic button. I mean, we're, we're 10 matches from the end of the season. Um, 
I, I think it's going to come down to the wire, but I think we, we will do just enough to get into the playoffs. I know there were some, some places that had us projected like 56 points, 57 points. Jacob, I think Jake, what did Jacob say? 60 something. A couple 61, weeks ago, I think 61. Yeah. And I felt like that was just way of shooting it. I mean, I, I felt like we could end up around, you know, 51, 52, uh, which I think is still possible, but um, I think we're going to end up probably somewhere right around like 49, 50 now, but hopefully I'm wrong. But anyway, Wednesday night, Memphis, so Memphis has scored 44 goals on the season. They've only conceded 22. Um, so they're very, they're a very good club. Um, I, yeah, I thought about this one a lot. Um, I I could def I definitely see a loss tomorrow night against Memphis. Um, I won't go quite three one. I, I would say two one. Um, and they'll I think Memphis will score you know like 78 79th minute to. to to finalize it to get the second one in i think that's where it's going to be at um so yeah there's our two predictions for tomorrow night uh we'll get jacobs uh some point this week and let you guys know what he came up with uh moving on to saturday monterey bay fc comes to the lab monterey bay is a team that has been playing a lot better of late um they are they have won four of their last five where their only loss coming to san diego loyal and even going back farther than that, Monterey Bay has been looking a lot better. Um, they do still have a shot at the playoffs. Um, they are they do have a couple matches in hand on some folks uh, ahead of them. So this is a side that I'm a little bit worried about. Um, they don't necessarily play well on the road. Um, we did draw with them back in July. Um and Jerry over in the chat saying that there's a chance that New Mexico United loses both matches this week. Um, yeah, he would say that. Well, he did say he said he said it wasn't his prediction, but um, yeah, I mean Monterey Monterey seems to be figuring some things out. Um, looking at this one, I still feel like United is the better club. I feel like we've got a lot more going for us than they do. Uh, obviously, Monterey does have guys that we're familiar with, like Sam Gleedle, Wilmer Martinez, um, Connor Christian Valeski. I apologize. Uh, another guy that we should be familiar with uh, that have all gotten on the score sheet for Monterey Bay. And I mean, is there anything that you've seen from them, Earl, that that leads you to believe that they're a threat to United this weekend, or what's caused the turnaround for them? Well, what's caused the turnaround is their pace. I mean, they've definitely turned around their pace to where they. They pressure teams like no other. Um, they're constantly in, in the opposing team's face, constantly trying to get the ball. They When they turn it over, they're essentially beginning of the season Christian Nava. Mm-hmm. Where they turn the ball over, they also swarm to the ball to get the ball back. Um, That's the dangerous part of it. So once they got that figured out to get back to the ball and just keep their head up. Yeah, they became dangerous. Um, do I think Monterey Bay is capable of beating New Mexico United? At this point, anything's possible. I literally, well, I didn't watch it, but I watched the scoreline of an El Paso team scoring three goals in the second half on a Colorado Springs team who, yeah, has been struggling four goals. 
My bad. My bad. Four goals, second half. Um. So yeah, do I do I think Monterey Bay is capable of being New Mexico United? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I think they're possible. They're capable of doing it. But do I think United's capable of beating Monterey Bay? Yeah, I do as well. Um. So, anyways, back to my back to myself over here. That was a side tyrant, side tangent. Um. So yeah, that's what makes them dangerous now. And what's getting them going is the fact that they have learned to pick up the pace and learn to send the long balls and turn around and get right back in your face when when the ball's turned over to the opposing team. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what caused their turnaround. Um, I, I think that was the second part of your question, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that works. That, that absolutely works. Um, yeah, they've been playing a lot better. They're not necessarily scoring a lot of goals. Um, defensively, they've been better. They still have conceded a ton of goals on the season. Uh, I believe they're at 39 goals conceded. So um, they are a club that can be scored on. They aren't particularly great at the back. Um, but uh, I mean, they're a dangerous side. They really are. Um, you know, obviously, again, looking back at some of the, the more familiar names uh, that I mentioned, you know, Christian Valeski and, and you know Sam Gleedle, a guy that you know, local guy uh, from the Albuquerque Soul. Um, do I think Gleedle is a huge scoring threat? No, he yes, he's got a couple goals on the season, but he's not a guy that I would particularly key key in on. Um, uh, it's going to come down for us Saturday night making sure that we don't make mistakes at the back. We don't give the ball away in the defensive third. As long as we can do that, I feel like we're going to severely limit Monterey's chances. Uh, again, they're not necessarily great on the, in the attacking side. Um, they don't put up a lot of goals per match, but they do have the ability to, to, to do just enough. Um, so I think Saturday night, it's going to be an interesting one. I think New Mexico is going to be a, Hopefully, New Mexico United comes out. They're pissed off. They're ready to play Saturday. They're they're looking forward to that Saturday night crowd out at the lab. And I see, I see United getting this one two nil on Saturday. Okay. Um. Here's the thing. When we're pressured. We are burning dog poop. Mm-hmm. When we have a man constantly in our face, constantly in our half, in our in our defensive third, we're not good. We're not. And with Monterey Bay being the pressing team that they are, they're going to be in our face all night long. Um. So unless... Unless we counter their press with long balls, quick passes down to their attacking and to our attacking third, um, it's going to be a long night for us. Do I see us sending the long balls? Absolutely not. Um, do I? Yeah, do I see us sending long balls like we were in the beginning of the season? No, I don't. Tired legs. The ball seems to be landing a little bit shorter. Um, every match that passes by, it gets a little bit 
they get that much shorter. So it's going to be a rough game for us. But I do think we get the win. I do think that Monterey Bay scores two in the first half. And then we come back out and we score three. Interesting. So that's an interesting prediction there, Earl. You think we have enough to get three and three and a half against a team that's not Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because as much as people talk about Zach not being a good coach, calling for his head on a silver platter already, which is one season in, um, I do think he can still make adjustments, especially being at this stage of the season. Um, you have the veterans like Kalen, Suggs, Dev, Mondo, who have been in this position. So they can rally the club around those four guys. And yeah, I, I think we can easily get four go- or three goals um, in a half. Absolutely. I mean, we saw two goals in a half. And then we kind of slowed off. We definitely could have saw three. Um, we definitely could have saw four in the LA game if we wanted to keep attacking like we were the first half. But that's that's the past. Um, so yeah, my prediction: three, two, two in the first half for Monterey Bay because they pressure us a lot. We come, we go into half. We make some good adjustments, some smart coaching, some rallying happens. Um, probably some colorful colorful words as well. Um, then we come out and score three of them. All right. Well, there you have it. Two nil from me, three, two from Earl, uh, Earl real quick. While Jerry is here with us, uh, El Paso's next three matches are San Diego, Phoenix, and us. How do you see those three matches playing out for El Paso? So they will lose to San Diego. Um, just because San Diego is a really good team. Uh, they'll beat Phoenix because it's Rick Kent, not Shantz. And is that El Paso match against us at home or that down is there? here? That is here. We'll draw. <laughs> okay. So one, one, and one. All right. I, I think you're a little bit more optimistic there than I am. Um, as far as El Paso and what's going to happen for the next three matches, I see three losses for El Paso. But that's just me. Um, I, I, See, if know. so, if if our match was down in El Paso, I would say a win because that's who we are. We win on the road. We don't yeah. score at home. So yeah, it feels at it feels down there in El Paso at Southwest whatever park. Um, yeah, I'd call a United win, but because it's at home. And because we love to give up late equalizers against El Paso in the 95th minute of 90 of 90, um, in the 95th minute of a 91 minute stoppage game, um, yeah, we we draw with them. Yeah, I I have a hard time predicting that El Paso Phoenix match because I don't want either of them in the playoffs. Yeah, um, but. I don't know. I mean, Phoenix Phoenix has moments, but Phoenix is not good at the back. El Paso is not good at the back. El Paso, El Paso can score. They're just not good at the back. 
Um, I think Evan Newton uh, has become a bit of a liability, but yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be it's final 10 matches of the season. is going to be real interesting to see what happens. We've got a bit of a congested schedule coming up. Might have some tired legs going on. Uh, two matches this week. Uh, yeah, two matches this week. Then we have... Jerry, if you're talking one. about the one where penis head Logan Ketter wound up on the ground crying like a little baby, yeah, I did watch that live. <laughs> all right, apparently Jacob's not going to make it here for us to save the best. All right, uh, we knew he was going to be a little bit late. So, um, Jacob, if you're still on the road, if you're still dealing with kids, be, be safe, be careful. Do not murder your kids, please. Uh, I do need a new, a new co-host for next week. Um we do appreciate everyone who popped in the chat. Harry, Jerry, appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate everyone watching live over on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, wherever you may be. Um, you heard it here. You heard our scoreline predictions for this week. We talked about the the transfer of Carl Sainty. I'm sorry, loan of Carl Sainty over to North Texas SC. And you heard our recap of the Sunday evening affair against Los Dos uh, out of the empty Dignity Health Sports Park. Um Guys, as always, we are here live every Tuesday night, nine o'clock. This is F- this was episode number ninety-seven. We do have three more until episode number one hundred, and we do have a special guest uh, currently on the books for episode one hundred. So that should be a lot of fun. We're hoping for uh, a really good show that evening. So uh, mark it on your calendars, October sixth. That will be our one hundredth episode. Uh, a full episode, I should say. We do have bonus content and things like that over on our, on our over on our feed. But 100 episodes proper. It's been fantastic over the past couple seasons doing this. Looking forward to that show. Um, as always, guys, thank you for being here. If you listen on your podcast services, please be sure to rate, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. And uh, so, until- so before you sign off, I heard you mention books. Okay, on the books, yes. Um, is this, is this a call for Earl's bedtime stories? Yes. It is time for Earl's bedtime stories. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't put you guys to that. Um, I did make a vow to myself. Little did Seth know, little did Jacob know. I vowed to myself to be professional and boy, was I. <laughs> no, you did. You did fantastic. And I appreciate you being here. Uh, I know your shoulder is given is, is, is problematic. So um, get some rest, Earl. And uh, for those of you over in the chat, until next time, Somos Dios. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.